愿大家平安。Peace 每个人要的可能不一样。你要的东西往往反映你跟神的关系，跟你的灵性的程度。The but a mature child perhaps will tell the father and mother, I don't need anything. I want you. I want to be with you. That's all I ask for. So everyone may ask God for different things. And we are recently studying the book of Psalms. If you're following along with the church Bible reading plan, for the past year, you have read one-third of the Bible. I don't know how many of us are following along with the Bible reading plan. Let's take a survey. How many of you have been following the Bible reading plan for the past year? Just hold, please raise your hands if you have been following the plan. And I thank God that some of us do. For those who don't, um, make this a, your, new, your new year resolution. And from the book of Psalms, we see that Moses had three requests from God. And his requests are different from you and I. And perhaps in our requests, we don't include these three. Yet these three are essential. So what exactly did he ask for? First, let's turn to Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90:12. Let's read together. Psalm 90:12. 求你只叫我们怎么样数算自己的日子，好叫我们得着智慧的心。啊，如果可以的话，就把这节画下来。If you can, please highlight this verse.因为啊，这是一个很有智慧的祷告。Because this is a prayer of wisdom.摩西在这里求神给他什么？What did God ask for? What did Moses ask for?他求神叫他做一件事。He asked God to give him something.为什么要教？因为本来不懂呢。or rather, he asked God to teach him something because he didn't understand. So what did he ask God to teach him? He asked God to teach him how to number his days. So when a child learns how to speak, the mother usually teaches the child numbers like one, two, and three. This is one of the fundamental things that we as human beings learn. To learn one, two, 
如果你长大了都不会数，代表说你可能智商有问题啊。If you don't know how to count as you grow up, then perhaps there's something wrong with your intelligence. 所以你活多久，你你今天有多少岁，你自己知道啊。So you know how old you are. 不用人家教啊。You don't need someone to teach you that. 那为什么这里说要求神教他数算自己的日子 ？So why is it that Moses asked God to teach him how to number his days? 很明显的。摩西要神教他这种数法，跟世界上的这种数法不太一样。It's very obvious that the way Moses asked God to teach him to count is different from the way that we count today. 世界上的数算自己的日子的方法，都是说啊，我今年几岁，我已经活了多久了。And the way of the world to count our days is, I am how many years old, and that represents how long I have lived. 所以说，明天你要多加了一岁。And tomorrow you have to add on one year to your age. 但是这个不是神的数法。But that is not how God counts the days. 当然，神有神的数法。神对神来说呢，我们在他面前呢，剩下多少日子，神知道。And to God, He knows how many days we have left. 因为圣经告诉我们。Because the Bible tells us. 每一个人，他出生之前，神已经决定好他能够活多少岁。Because before the birth of a person, God already knows how long that person is going to live. We don't know that number, but God does. And of course, God will not reveal it to us. Why? Why is it that God will not tell us how long we will live? It is best that we are ignorant of it, otherwise we will worry. If you do know that number, then you will be worrying every day that you're counting down your days. 但是神知道，但是却不告诉我们。但是神也给我们一种智慧的心去大概去算一算。And and God knows He will not tell us that number. Yet He taught us how to number our days. 你不需要知道 exactly 啊，到底几天或者几年。You don't have to know exactly how many days or how many months you have left. 你只需要知道一件事就够了。You only have to know one thing. This is 什么 What is that? 三十九章，我们唱诗篇的三十九章。Let's turn to Psalm, Psalms thirty-nine. 三十九篇第四节。Thirty-nine four. 三十九篇的第四节。Psalm thirty-nine four. 一起读。Let's read together. 一二三。耶和华，求你叫我晓得我生之中我的寿数几何，叫我知道我的生命不长啊。原来几天几年这个不重要。So how many days, how many months is not important. 最重要你要知道，就算你活一百岁，你在神眼前，你的寿数也是不长。Just know that before the Lord, even if you live to a hundred, it is still considered short. 你常常问那些年纪很大的人，八九十岁的人。If you ask the seniors who have lived to eighties and nineties. 哇，这厉害，你好厉害哦，活到八九十那么久啊。You can say that wow, you have had a long life, eighty years and ninety years. 他一定会告诉你，哎呀，这时间过太快，一转眼我就变了老人了。The most common response you will hear is that time flies. In the twinkling of an eye, I am now a senior. 他会想到以前小时候的家乡，小时候的事情。And they will start to recall when they were young in their childhood. However, with a twinkling of an eye, they have now become seniors. And it is true that life is short. And that is why you need to have wisdom to ask God to give you wisdom. Let's turn back to Psalm 90, verse 10. Chapter 9. Psalm 90, verse 10. Let's read together, verse 10. 
我们一生的年日是七十岁若是强壮和到八十岁但其中所经夸的不过是劳苦愁烦转眼成空我们便如飞而去这是神人摩西他在三千五百年前写的一句话 So this is a sentence written by Moses 3,500 years ago 在摩西那个年代一个人的平均寿命大概是七十 in the days of Moses, an average lifespan is about 70 years. And those who are stronger, probably 80 years. Remember, this is 3,500 years ago where there is no advancement of medicine. The average lifespan is not much different from nowadays. Today we have the advancement of medicine, we have surgery, we have med medications. Yet our average lifespan is still 70 or 80 years. And the average lifespan in Canada is over 80. But if you look around, many people die before they even turn 70. So is 70 and 80 years really, really that long? 3,640 weeks, what is that? If you live to the age of 70, then your life in terms of weeks is 3,640. If you live to the year 80, or if you live up to 80 years old, then you have lived 4,160 weeks. And if you look at your life in terms of weeks, you will realize that it is not a big number. Only several thousand weeks, and that's it. If we were to count it in a different way, if you are 50 years old, so around middle age, and if it's an average lifespan according to the Bible that is 70 years, then you have 20 years left. And in this 20 years, one third of it you'll be spending the time on sleeping. One third of it you'll be using that time to work. And the uh, remaining one third will be your personal time. So you have your family time, you have entertainment, time for entertainment, and time for vacation. So an average, uh, sorry, the uh, one third of 20 years is seven years. If you look at it this way, it is very short. So if you are 60 years, then you have 10 years left. So if you take away the time you spend on sleeping and working, then you only have three years left of what you want to do. And it is indeed very short. Because perhaps after this year 70, then your health starts to fail. So no matter how you count it, our life is short. 
If your life is short, then you would be extremely careful when you want how you want to spend your time. For example, recently due to high inflation, everyone is watching their wallets very closely. You have to decide how you want to spend your money. The, 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 the issue is that once you spend your money, you can always earn them back. However, once time passes, it will not come back. You can't say that I have wasted one year, I will ask God to give me another year. So when it's, once it's passed, it's gone. So if you do not have so if you do not have wisdom and you're wasting your life, then you're wasting time. As we advance in age, that means the, the number of years left is also diminishing. The Bible tells us that if you're strong, you live up to 80. There are people who live to the age of 80 or 85. Um, the last couple of days, uh, the famous soccer player Pele died. And he probably lived about 85, so he's considered strong because it's past 80. And the last two years of his life, he has been going in and out of hospitals. And indeed, if you have lived past the age of 80, then you have to be prepared to meet your maker any time. The, the issue is that not everyone lives up to the age of 80. So that is your wisdom. If you think that you will live up to the age of 80 or 90, then you, don't, you do not have wisdom. And if you are wise, you will know that at any moment you could have received a call from the Lord and He is calling you back. God will tell you. So God can call you any time, so you don't have to wait until you're 80 or 90. Let's turn to the Gospel Luke. 十二章, chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 16. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21. Verse 16. 16. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? 18. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. 19. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. 20. But God said to him, Fool, tonight your soul will be required of you, then whose will those things be which you have provided? So here, Jesus gave a parable of a fool. But in the eyes of humans, this man is considered intelligent. Because he is rich. If you are simple, how would you be able to earn money? So you must be bright in order to learn a, in order to earn a lot of money. And that is why this man has many possessions. He doesn't 
till the land himself, rather he rents the land out to others to work on the land. It is other people who are earning money for him. So this is an intelligent man using money to earn money instead of using strength to earn money. And he is also a capitalist. He knew that he has to grow his business. He said, my barn is so small, it's not, in, not big enough, I have to tear it down and build a bigger one. I have to store my crops and my goods. And then to sell them gradually. So if you sell all the goods all at once, then it's not worth anything. So he has to control the, uh, the demand and supply. To sell them gradually so that the price can remain high. So in that way, um, the, my earning is more than my cost. And he already thought about his retirement. And I have earned so much money that I can use it for many years. And he said, My soul, you can take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. In the eyes of humans, this man is very intelligent. Yet the rich fool did not understand that he would be receiving a call that particular night. That God would speak to him. God said to him, fool. Fool means one without wisdom. Why? Because this night your soul will be required of you. God said to him, I will I want your soul tonight. Remember, your soul belongs to God. He gives it to you, he can take it back. Once your soul leaves you, then your physical body will be dead. Because you'll be on your way to see God. It is that moment that decides whether you go up to heaven or you go down to hell. It is that moment that decides whether you will receive eternal life or eternal punishment. So who are you going to leave your money to? He didn't know it himself. He may have left in a hurry, therefore he didn't have time to prepare a will. This rich man must be pretty young, otherwise he would have already prepared a will. He did not prepare a will and he's about to end his life. And the, the issue is that it doesn't matter who he leaves his money to. Where, uh, to whom he leaves his inheritance will not decide where his soul will go. Your money has nothing to do with your salvation. So he has forgotten what he should have prepared for. Two weeks ago, we, we have a snowstorm. A lot of uh, planes will not allow to take off. And a lot of people were traveling for Christmas and wanted to go home to spend time with family. So they were thinking of ways to get home. So if the plane cannot take off, perhaps they can take the bus. So a lot of people uh, um, um, decided to forget about flying and take the bus. You may have watched or read about the news. There was a bus. 
It was driving during the snowstorm. And as the bus was traveling near Merit or near Kelowna, the road turned icy. And the bus flipped. Many people who were on the bus were not strapped in. When the bus flipped, some people died. The incident. These people initially thought about flying to get home. And they were on their way home to celebrate the festivals. However, because they were they were yearning to go home, and therefore they decided to take the bus home instead. And it is indeed very tragic that their family members were still weeping over their death. And there was a newspaper article that says that one of the deceased was a man from India that he just came to Canada not not long ago and was working in Canada, but he died in the incident. So no, not one of us will know when our life will end. That Indian man, he was in his 30s, and his children are still very young. So he has not even reached the average biblical age of 70. Yet we as humans, we can go any time. So our Lord Jesus gave us this example. What should should you ask for? It's not asking God to give you more money in the new year so that you can be prosperous. Rather, you should ask for wisdom. Because life is very short. Even if you live to the age of 80 or 90, it is still a short life. What should we ask for? Verse 21. Twenty-one. So is he. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. If you have no wisdom, all you think about is is uh, storing treasure for yourself. There's nothing wrong with uh, uh, gathering wealth for yourself. There's nothing wrong of wanting to uh, have more for your family. However, if you have true wisdom, then you will do one more important thing. That is to seek your faith. To make preparation for your life after your physical life is over. That is to know God and to seek God. That is a wisdom. Therefore, in order to be prosperous before God, we have to be rich before God. Uh, using our limited time to come to know God. If we are rich in God's eyes, that means that physical life we are also rich. While you're still alive, you should do things that are pleasing to God. You should do your best to help others. And there are some people when after they have passed, a lot of people miss them. 
even though they have lived a short they have lived short years, but they have helped a lot of people. Uh, so after they died, many people will miss them. Because they have good relationship with others. So we should ask God to give us wisdom to count our days. Next. Let's turn back to Psalms 90. Psalm 90. Psalm 90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。Psalm90.14。
And look at nowadays, everybody is busy earning money. They have they truly earn that money. And when they have truly earned that money, they will start to spend that money by buy, buy, buy. For the past week, a lot of people have been busy buying things. And they will be very excited when they start spending that money. Yet after they have spent that money, they came to realize that they don't need that many things. So if you observe next week, a lot of people will be bringing back things for refund. After they have refunded, they will buy some more. And after they buy, they will refund again. They are just enjoying this entire process. Yet this is vanity. You buy so much, so many clothes, are you able to wear them all? You buy so many pairs of shoes, yet you only have one pair of feet. Can you wear them all? These cannot satisfy our hearts at all. What can truly satisfy us? It is relationship. Interpersonal relationship. Our relationship with family. If we have good relationships, these will satisfy us. There is one relationship that surpasses all humankind. Because our relationship with others is short. There is one relationship that surpasses all. That is our relationship with God. So what was Moses asking for? He's asking to have good relationship with God. May the love of God satisfy my heart. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 1. Please remember to bring your own Bible to uh, the church. The overhead is just a supplement. Chapter 3, verse 1, let's read together. Here Elder John tells us, Behold, what is there to see? That how much love our Father has bestowed upon us. Such that we shall be called children of God. Today, if you're sitting here, you have received the baptism of the water, then you are the precious child of God. Regardless of where you go in this world, if you are by yourself, or you have a you went to a or you go to a place under difficult situations. If God is with you, then you will feel loved and you will be satisfied. You will not be pursuing something else. We have a youth who went to a very remote area to study. And there there is no church. 
and it was very cold in the winter. What was his what were his friends doing? Because it's a remote and small uh, town, uh, many of the youth, local youth, will be drinking, smoking, partying. These are the things that the young youngsters were doing. Because they felt empty in their hearts. And that is why they will be looking for things of the world to fill their hearts. But our youth, he knew that he's different from them. He realized that he is a child of God. The love of Jesus is in my heart. I don't need those things. And I cannot be the same like that. And that is why he would be often to attend services online. And he would have fellowship with brothers and sisters online. And if there is a long weekends, he would come down to have services with brothers and sisters. He said, it's wonderful for me to be here to have services with everyone that the love of God is among us. What we have here is truly very precious. Do you realize this? What the world cannot give you. If you ask the people in the mall, are they truly happy? For those people who spend most of their time watching TV and streaming online, ask them whether they are truly happy. If they are truly happy, they do not need to go to the mall to spend money all the time, and they don't need to be watching TV all the time. It is because they are lonely. No one to love them. And they don't know what love is. And they don't even know the love of God. And that is why they can only uh, numb themselves with the things of the world. But we are different. So this, Moses said the second thing that we should ask for. We should ask that the love of God satisfy us fully. If you are filled and satisfied with the love of God, you don't need a lot of worldly entertainment. It's not that you can't, you're not allowed to watch, rather you don't need to watch. You'll find that all those things are very boring because they're not true. What this world offers you is Everything that is true can be found in God. That is why we call him true God. Other than God, you will not find anything true. So verse 3 here says, If you are filled, uh, satisfied with the love of Jesus, then you will have hope in your heart. Then you will purify yourself. Hey, I am a child of God, I should keep myself pure. Because he is satisfied with the love of God. Think about it, brothers and sisters, have you 
And brothers and sisters, recalled uh, in the past year 2022, are you truly satisfied? Or are you looking for the world to satisfy you? Try it in 2023. You pray for God, uh, you pray to improve your relationship with God. Let's see if the love of God can satisfy you. The third prayer request. Let's turn back to Psalm 90, verse 15. Psalm 90. Psalm 90, 15. Let's read together. Make us this is the third prayer request. What was Moses asking for? He's asking God to make him glad according to the days in which he has, he has afflicted us. There seems to be a contradiction here. How could those who are afflicted be glad? To be afflicted means you're suffering. How could you be glad? Miraculously, Miraculously, God can make you glad at the same time that you are suffering. So let us think about how do we uh, a timeline this. Two possibilities. Literally, like what is written here, made us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. For example, God wanted the people to suffer for 10 years. If that is the case, then you have to repay us with 10 years of joy. That is possible. God, you have made me suffer for this period of time. After this has passed, then you have given us some good times. Another possibility. That during the time that you are being afflicted, God has also blessed you with joy. This is even better than the first. Because you are facing an affliction, you not only realize that this is a problem, yet in times of affliction, you have also seen the grace of God. This is what we should be asking for. In times of affliction, God has also blessed you with gladness. And here the psalm tells us why would God make us suffer for two possibilities. One is that we ourselves have sinned. For example, the people of Israel, why have they suffered so much? Why were they captured to Babylon? Because they have worshipped idols and deserted God. And that is why they had a hard time in Babylon. There was a hymnal that described the hardship they faced in Babylon. Let's turn to Psalm 137. Psalm 137. Psalm 137. 
By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remember Zion. And those days, the people were captured to Babylon. While they were taking a break from work, they would sit by the rivers of Babylon and would weep when they think about Zion. Why would they weep? Because their nation was destroyed. The holy temple was destroyed. They could no longer go back to their homeland. And in this foreign land, they're treated as slaves. So they were facing hard lives. And when they thought about God, they wept. And God allowed them to suffer because they have sinned. Sometimes the sufferings that we face was because of our own sin. If we are suffering because we have sinned, then we should quickly repent to God. Yet at times, uh, our suffering had nothing to do, or rather do not have a direct relationship with our sin. It is God who wanted us to go through this test and trials. If that is the case, we should ask God to bless us with joy. Because there is a purpose for God allowing us to suffer, to test us, to test our faith. So that we are closer to God. If you look at the people of Israel, they were crying in Babylon. They could have been second generation. Or perhaps they are the ones born in Babylon. They suffered. And they remembered Zion. And they recalled how good it would be if they were they could go back. That's how human beings are that we tend to miss those that we have lost. It's only when we suffer that we decided to look up to God. If you look at look around the church, many of the members with good faith are the ones who have gone through tests and trials. And they are the ones who have seized onto the Lord tightly. Let's turn to First Peter chapter one. Peter chapter one. Verse five. Peter so verse 6 is very special. For those of us who have been preserved by the Lord, you are going to receive salvation in the future. You haven't received it yet because you're still on earth. That, that eternal kingdom, they shall, it shall be inherited in the future. Verse 6 tells us, and for this reason, you rejoice greatly. 但是如今呢, 
And for a little while, you have been grieved by various trials. 哎，这里说啊，喜乐跟忧愁同时存在。So here, joy and grief exist at the same time. 喜乐就是因为你有永永生的盼望。You rejoice because you have the hope of eternal life. 忧愁就是现在的熬炼很难受。You grieve because you are currently going through various trials. 当时的基督徒啊，为因因为信仰被逼迫的很多。Christians in those days were greatly persecuted because of their faith. 被掉到火里面一样。It's like they're being thrown into a fire. 有一些被下到监牢里面。Some were being imprisoned. 有一些家产被充公。And some, their goods have been confiscated. 今天你问问自己。Ask yourself today. 如果今天信耶稣，你银行所有的钱被政府拿走了，你还信不信 ？Today, if being a Christian means that the government will confiscate your money, would you still believe in God? 不是要你奉献十分之一那些什么？就是全部钱呢，全部被政府拿走，你信不信 ？It is not asking you to offer tithes to the church, but rather the government will confiscate your wealth. 再问你自己，如果今天家里还你还留一本圣经被政府抓到了，你就要去坐牢，你还留不留这本圣经 ？And let me ask you this: If today you have one Bible at home and the government would put you in prison because you own that Bible, would you still keep that Bible? 再问自己一个问题。Ask yourself another question. 如果你今天聚完会回家。被政被警察抓住，说你刚刚去聚会啊，就把你关起来，你还去不去聚会 ？If today on your way home you have been captured by the police for going to church, would you still continue to go to church? 到最后问你大家一个问题。And let me ask you one final question. 如果政府问你如果继续信耶稣，就要判你死刑，你还信不信 ？If today the government were to tell you if you continue believing in God, you will be sentenced to death. Would you still continue to believe in God? You ask yourself these four questions. Ask yourself these four questions. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the Apostle Paul. So these are the sorrows that the Christians had to endure in the days of the If Christians in those days understood or realized that what we are grieving today, then they would probably be laughing at us. Because they are grieving over life or death. They are grieving over freedom or prison. So they are indeed suffering. And Peter also faced the same situation. Yet in their suffering, Peter found joy. He realized this. 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 Then you understand that you have now come to a time where Jesus has been honored. So, so you are very sad when you are very sad. Therefore, in times of suffering, you must endure. But to endure, you need strength. In order to endure, you need strength. You are not finding joy in suffering. Some people say that they are encouraging themselves in times of suffering. That in times of trials, you found that the Lord Jesus is with you. That was a brother. His wife was suffering from a grave illness. And he has been going to the hospital with her every day. This病非常难医治. And this 
uh, her illness was very difficult to cure. And she could die any moment. In this, this period while she was suffering, um, this member suffered, uh, had to endure much pressure. He loved his wife very much. And he didn't know whether she will live or die. And all he could do was pray earnestly to God. And whether she lives or she dies, uh, let it be in the hands of God. And in his prayer, he has handed himself over to God. And when the wife was in critical condition, and many times uh, she was almost at the verge of death. Wow, the brother prayed earnestly. And after his prayers, God comforted him. He, God, gave him joy. And he was prepared if God was to call her back, there was nothing he could do. He has handed everything over to God. And therefore, he found a relief. And in the hospital, he showed no sorrow. His friends came to visit him. And his friends looked at him and said, You don't look worried. And others tend to talk behind his back, saying that he's probably looking forward to his wife's death so that he can remarry. So he can have a new wife. And when he heard those, he was he said, No, you have misunderstood. I am not happy because I uh, because I can remarry. Rather, our Lord Jesus had comforted me. When I feel bitter, when I feel pain, I pray. When I'm in sorrow, our Lord Jesus gave me joy. Uh, there's no point for me to worry. I have handed everything over to God. Our Lord Jesus has given me this trial that I have to face. And thank God, according to His will, uh, His wife was healed. Because her time has not come yet. And this brother thanked God for going through this trial. He knew that he has to surpass all suffering. So in the past year, you, if you have been tried by God, then you have to learn to be like Moses. Lord, you have given me these days of trials. And you have to give me joy uh, in the same number of days that I suffer. I don't want to wait until the, the grief is over. I want you to give me joy now. This requires wisdom. So that you will not feel sorrowful every single day. So Moses asked God of these three things. Have you asked God of these same three things? And please uh, ask God to teach us how to number our days. And second, to ask God to satisfy us early. Three, to ask God to give us uh, joy uh, in terms of suffering. Let's sing him. 183首. 
Number 183. The lyrics of this particular hymn is very beautiful. When we sing it, we should, we should think about it. 